then here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. This is Hawkeye Recap with Brian Hurley, part of the Hawk Fanatic Network. On this podcast, we will relive past Iowa football and basketball games and players from the past 100 plus years. To find more games and players, visit HawkeyeRecap.com. For this podcast, I'm going to cover Black History Month and feature former Iowa players, so I'll grab a few off the list, and I'll do that throughout this month. First up is Wilburn Hollis, who just recently passed away. He attended Boys Town High School in Nebraska. He was an orphan, but excelled in sports, playing football, basketball, baseball, and track, where he earned prep All-American status after leading his team to an undefeated season in 1957. He was recruited by Forrest Evashevsky and arrived in Iowa City for the 1958 season. In college, he scored two touchdowns and threw for two touchdowns his sophomore season in 1959. He ascended to the starting quarterback position as a junior and helped Iowa to one of its most successful seasons. He was one of the first African-Americans to earn All-American honors at quarterback, second team, leading the Hawkeyes to a Big Ten championship. Against Wisconsin in 1960, Hollis threw the winning touchdown pass to Sammy Harris with only 52 seconds remaining and a 28-21 victory which elevated Iowa to the number one ranking in the nation after the win. Iowa spent three weeks at number one and won a share of the Big Ten title with an 8-1 record. He scored 68 points that season, the most points scored at Iowa by a single player since 1922. He was an all-Big Ten first-team selection and a second-team All-American as a junior. As a team captain, he led the number one Iowa team to a win in the opening game of the 1961 season, rushing for 124 yards, and two touchdowns in a 28-7 victory. However, he fractured his right wrist in the second game against USC, and his Iowa career came to a premature end. He was drafted in the 13th round in the 1962 NFL Draft by the New York Titans and played professional football for various teams. And he was born November 12, 1940, and died January 31, 2024, at the age of 83. So he joined the Hawks in 1958, and then the 59, 60, and 61 seasons he lettered. And the first three were with Forrest Savashevsky, and then the last season was with Jerry Burns. I've got a link to Wikipedia and his NCAA stats and pro stats, and then the recent article about his death and the obituary. And then the game 
against Minnesota in 1960. That was pretty famous. Next up is a wrestler, Simon Roberts. He attended Central High School. It wasn't called that at the time, but it was just Davenport High School in Iowa. And he won sectional and district titles at 133 pounds in 1953 and repeated the feat in 1954. And he kept winning, becoming the first African-American to ever win an Iowa State High School Wrestling Championship in 1954. He also won the YMCA Invitational Championship in 1954. He was also the Iowa AAU champion at 137 in 1954 and 1955. He finished 43-6-3 in his high school career. He finished third in the Big Ten in 1956 at Iowa and second in the Big Ten in 1957, then went on to win the 1957 NCAA championship at 147 pounds, becoming the first African-American national champion in NCAA wrestling history. He entered the tournament as a sixth seed, then upset the second and fourth seeds. He returned for the 1958 season and won the Big Ten championship. He finished his Iowa career with a record of 62-8-4, and he was team captain in 1957. After college, he entered the coaching ranks in 1966, where he coached wrestling at Alleman High School in Rock Island, Illinois, until 1970. He was inducted into the Iowa Wrestling Hall of Fame in 1988, Iowa Athletics Hall of Fame in 1994, and the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2007. And he lettered three years. His first year was 1954, not 55 season. And then he lettered in 55, 56, 56, 57, and then 57, 58 seasons. And there's a link to his bios in each of those Hall of Fames. I've got a couple of videos as well you can check out. All three of the videos talk about his accomplishments and most of them seem to be related to Black History Month. So that was a new person I hadn't heard about till very recently. So it's always cool what you uncover. The next player is Frank Kinney Holbrook. He attended Tipton High School in Iowa. He became the first black graduate at Tipton. In his senior year in 1895, he led the school to just the third ever Iowa High School state track meet, helping the team to a second place finish and winning the individual state championship in the 50-yard dash and the shot put events. He was also an excellent student, earning above average grades and particularly excelling in math. That fall, he enrolled in a few science classes at the nearby University of Iowa. He was steered to Iowa City by several Hawkeye supporters in Tipton, who provided a fund for his tuition and living expenses. He joined the Hawkeye football team in 1895, becoming the first African-American athlete in the history of the University of Iowa and the first documented black college athlete in the history of the state. He was also a letter winner in track and field from 1896 to 1897. He was Iowa's leading ball carrier in 1896, as well as its best defender and a top sprinter in track. Being a black athlete at that time made Holbrook a target for opposing teams, including a famous racist incident against Missouri. His touchdown in the game helped Iowa clinch a share of the Western Interstate University Football Association Championship, the first conference title in school history. He led the Hawkeye football team with 12 touchdowns in 1896, led by his four rushing touchdown performance in a 32-0 win over Drake in the season opener. In other U of I publications and documents, Carlton C.W. Holbrook, H-O-L-B-R-O-K, his name is often used by mistake, and not that of Frank Kinney Holbrook, H-O-L-B-R-O-K. In July of 2010, Holbrook was elected into the Cedar County Sports Wall of Fame. His exact birth date is unknown, but he did die in October 29th of 1916 at the age of around 39.
In late 2020, Quinn Early announced a new film called The Shoulders of Giants, which was made about Holbrook. He was voted into the U of I Hall of Fame in 2021. So I've got a link to his Wikipedia page and then article about him breaking the color barrier, a link to the Shoulders of Giants movie, and then an article specifically that looked back at the 1896 game against Missouri. One of the videos I have is the Shoulders of Giants trailer, which talks about his story and gives a summary of the movie. He lettered in 1895 and 1896. In 95, there was no official coach, and in 96, it was Alfred Bolt. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. Hi, this is A.J. Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Frank Gilliam attended Steubenville High School in Ohio. He was a three-year letter winner for the Hawks from 1953 to 1956 as a defensive end, where he was a member of the Steubenville Trio with Calvin Jones and Eddie Vincent. He was also a second-team All-Big Ten honoree in 1954, but he missed the 1955 season because of a broken leg. He returned in 1956 to help lead the Hawks to the Rose Bowl and was named second-team All-American and first-team All-Big Ten in 1956. He was selected in the seventh round of the 1957 NFL Draft by the Green Bay Packers. He played professionally for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL before returning to Iowa as an assistant coach under Jerry Burns from 1966 to 1970. He then joined the Minnesota Vikings as one of the first black scouts in the NFL, where he stayed for more than 36 years, retiring in 2007. He was born January 7, 1934, and died April 2, 2023, at the age of 89. He led three seasons for the Hawks, 1953, 1954, and 1956, all under Forrest Eveshevsky. And there's a link to his Wikipedia page and then an article on Hawkeye Sports about his passing last year. Calvin Jones also attended Steubenville High School in Ohio. His football success in high school led to a commitment to play for Woody Hayes at Ohio State. At the last minute, he decided to follow his friends and teammates to Iowa. The Steubenville trio Jones, Eddie Vincent, and Frank Gillum, arrived with Iowa football in pretty bad shape, having only one winning season in the previous 10 years. In 1954, Jones was named consensus first-team All-American and also became the first college football player and first African-American to be featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine in its September 27, 1954 issue. In 1955, he was named a team captain and was named as a consensus first-team All-American for the second consecutive year. He won the 1955 Outland Trophy, named for the top lineman in the United States, and he was the first African-American player to win the prestigious award and finished 10th in the balloting for the Heisman Trophy, an impressive finish for a lineman. He is one of only two Iowa football players, along with Niall Kinnick, to have his jersey number retired by the school. Professionally, he played one year with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Western 
Interprovincial Football Union, which became the Canadian Football League. He was an all-star, but he died in a plane crash after playing in the East-West All-Star Game. He was born February 7, 1933, and died on December 9, 1956, at the age of 23. He lettered in 1953, 1954, and 1955 seasons under Forrest Evashevsky. So I've got a link to his Wikipedia page, and then a couple different articles about how the three players from Steubenville ended up at Iowa. And then he was named to Iowa's Mount Rushmore in an article as offensive guard. There's also an article about when he was on the Sports Illustrated cover, and then the College Football Hall of Fame page. One of the videos I have is an album that was put out a few years back that relived some of the best moments from Iowa Radio, and he's featured in that. Then there's a Calvin Jones Day statue unveiling in his hometown of Steubenville. And then a video about the Calvin Jones story, which talks about his death and the crash that he was involved with. Eddie Vincent attended Steubenville High School in Ohio. He was part of the Steubenville trio that arrived from Ohio to revive the football program along with Calvin Jones and Frank Gilliam. He played halfback at Iowa and was a three-year letterman. He earned first-team All-Big Ten honors in 1955 and was second-team All-Big Ten in 1954. I don't have his college stats, but I'd like to add those later. After Iowa, he was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams in the sixth round in 1956, but played just briefly in the NFL due to injuries. He spent 35 years as a probation officer for Los Angeles County. He was elected the first black mayor of Inglewood, California in 1983 and held that position for 13 years. He later became a state legislator. He was elected to the Inglewood Unified School District Board of Education and was a force in local and state politics for nearly 30 years. He was born June 23, 1934, and died August 31, 2012, at the age of 78. So we've got a link to his professional stats and then an article about his passing. Joe Williams attended Rahway High School in New Jersey. In 1960 at Iowa, he scored a touchdown against Michigan State on a 67-yard fumble return. He scored 13 touchdowns and rushed for 690 yards, a 5.1-yard average and also caught 11 passes for 153 yards, a 13.9-yard average. He played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Ottawa Rough Riders, and Toronto Argonauts of the CFL. He won the Grey Cup with Winnipeg in 1962. He ran for 785 yards in his career on 184 attempts, scoring four rushing touchdowns, and caught 29 passes for 332 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He was born March 16, 1941, and died January 30, 2015, at the age of 73. He lettered in 1960 under Forrest Evashevsky and 1961 under Jerry Burns. And there's a link to his Wikipedia page, his NCAA and professional stats, and his obituary. Archie Alexander attended Oak Park High School in Des Moines, Iowa. Although he initially went to Des Moines College and attempted to join the white-only American football team there, he was declined. As a result, he enrolled at Iowa and played tackle from 1910 to 1912, nicknamed Alexander the Great. He had one extreme racism incident in 1910 when he was not allowed to travel to a road game against Missouri. Coach Jesse Hawley agreed to leave Alexander behind and was livid about the decision, but reportedly felt he had little choice but to play by Missouri's rules. When the Iowa team arrived in Columbia, a mob of local townspeople met the team to ensure that Alexander was not with them. 
He was an early African-American graduate at the University of Iowa and the first to graduate from the University of Iowa's College of Engineering. In 1954, he was appointed governor of the United States Virgin Islands by President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He was born May 1, 1888 and died January 4, 1958 at the age of 69. And he lettered in 1909, 1910, and 1911 seasons. And I've got a link to his Wikipedia page and then a page about his obituary, and then an article written by Neil Rosendahl. And then there's a video about him being an architect and businessman helping out in the Washington, D.C. area. Eugene Homer Harris was a tight end and O-lineman at Iowa. He attended Garfield High School in Seattle, Washington. He became the first black captain of his high school football team in 1933 and was named an all-league end. Because of perceived racist attitudes towards black athletes, he chose to attend Iowa instead of Washington. At Iowa, he was a three-year starter playing end and tackle. He was the MVP of the 1936 Iowa team and was the first black captain at Iowa in any sport for 1937. He was also the first black football captain in the Big Ten Conference. He was a three-time All-Big Ten Conference selection, 1935, 36, and 37. He wanted to play professional football after he graduated, but black players were banned from the NFL. Instead, he headed to A&T College in Greensboro, North Carolina to coach football for two seasons. He spent almost 50 years in Seattle practicing dermatology, and he had a local Seattle park named after him, Homer Harris Park at 2401 East Howell Street. He was elected to the UI Athletics Hall of Fame in 2002. He was born March 4, 1916, and died March 17, 2007, at the age of 91. And he lettered two years under Ossie Solemn, 1935 and 1936, and one year in 1937 under Earl Tubbs. And there's a link to his Wikipedia page, and then a link to the Seattle Times article that talks about him, and then his obituary, and then a link to Homer Harris Park in Seattle. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa, a list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org. Larry Ferguson was a running back, and he attended Madison High School in Illinois. At Iowa, he played very little in 1959, but he gained national attention in 1960 when he had an 85-yard touchdown run in the season opener against Oregon State and then the following week had a 70-yard interception return for a touchdown. He later had a 91-yard touchdown run against Ohio State to help give Iowa a 35-12 victory in a share of the 1960 Big Ten title. He was voted first-team All-Big Ten and first-team All-American as a junior in 1960. In 1961, he suffered a season-ending knee injury in the first quarter of the first game and was given a medical redshirt. He returned for a senior season in 1962, and led the Hawkeyes in rushing with 547 yards and was named All-Big Ten for the second time. As team captain, he helped Iowa lead to victories over Michigan and Ohio State, the first time Iowa has ever defeated both of those schools in the same season. His season average of 7.39 yards per carry in 1960 still stands as a school record. 
He was invited to play in the 1963 college All-Star Game. He was drafted by the Detroit Lions in the 1962 NFL Draft in the fourth round and by the Oakland Raiders in the seventh round of the 1962 AFL Draft. He played from 1963 to 1967 with the Detroit Lions, Edmonton Eskimos, and Toronto Argonauts of the CFL. Ferguson ran for 1,250 yards in his career on 261 attempts, scoring six rushing touchdowns. He also caught 49 passes for 494 yards and four touchdowns. He was born March 19, 1940, and died May 31, 2015, at the age of 75. And he lettered in 1959 and 1960 under Forrest Savicheski, and then again in 1962 under Jerry Burns. And there's a link to his Wikipedia page and a link to his pro stats. If you have topics or games or opponents or players you'd like to learn about, please contact me. You can reach me through the website, HawkeyeRecap.com. You can also find me on Twitter and on Facebook. If you know other Hawkeye fans that might like hearing this podcast, if you could please let them know about it, I really appreciate it. Thanks and go Hawks.